This is episode four of the Foreign Language Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, John Fotheringham. In today's show, I interview Clint Schmidt, Vice President of Marketing and Product at Live Mocha. For show notes and a transcript, go to languagemastery.com. Here is the phone interview originally recorded May 12, 2010. So why don't we start out, uh, maybe you can just give my listeners a brief overview of Live Mocha, what it's like, how it's different from other sites, and then uh, I'll go into some specific questions then. Sure. Live Mocha is the world's largest online language learning community with free and paid online language courses in 35 languages and more than 5 million members from over 200 countries around the world. Live Mocha is uh, is growing very rapidly and really quite virally around the world. A lot of word of mouth and recommendations from Live Mocha members, and it, I think people are enthusiastic about Live Mocha because it's really different from alternative sort of conventional language learning approaches. We studied some traditional self-study language products to understand why they were so ineffective. And we, you know, identified two critical elements that were lacking. Motivation, sustained motivation, and opportunities to practice the language with another person. And we created Live Mocha to deliver both of those elements and to make language learning more fun and more effective and more social. So each of our structured online courses includes speaking and writing exercises that are reviewed by native speakers of the language that you're learning. And those folks provide helpful tips for you to improve your your language skills. Mm -hmm. And in returning the favor, you can help them learn your native language. So it's a community-driven learning, and it's, it's all based on reciprocity, and it's, it's really exciting and, and exciting, and it's a very distinctive way to learn. Yeah, I've actually done a few of the uh, corrections already on the site. A couple people, you know, it pops up on the screen, would you like to correct so-and-so's writing sample? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned it, about motivation being one of the biggest problems with traditional language learning, which is absolutely true. Um, how specifically does Life Mocha keep people motivated? Yeah, part of the motivation problem we found is that it's just boring to <laughs> use some of the more traditional self-study methods. You know, right. they give you a book, they trust that you're going to read the book, and then you're going to memorize it, and then you're going to talk to yourself out loud, you know, in your room or, you know, in the closet or in your car, whatever it is, you're just going to talk to yourself. And, you know, that gets boring, and it's it's um, it's like homework without the teacher. If you know the teacher's not going to review it, you don't do it. Yeah. So a couple things that are kind of motivating about Live Mocha. Number one, you know somebody is going to review your spoken and written French or your spoken and written Russian, right? Somebody's actually going to be there to review it, so you want to do a good job. It motivates you to do your best work if you know that somebody else will review it. Mm-hmm. But... It's also motivating in another important way in that you're actually working with real people. And 
these people are helping you over the course of time repeatedly make your way through the lessons and, and you know perhaps you're helping them as well to learn your native language and you start to develop a bit of a rapport with people and you know that rapport brings a social element back to language learning you know, imagine that being social as part of language learning and it helps keep people engaged it helps keep people incited it helps make it fun and bring a real person and a real character a real interaction into the equation and it doesn't make it so you know brutally boring to go back pick up that book again you know instead it's it's fun interactive exercises with people there to help you along and you know we just try to change the whole change the whole approach to to make motivation no longer an issue now how do you guys account for quality control for tutors and for things like that it's obviously crowdsource it's you know, anyone who wants to help can help. Um, but if you get a case where there's a tutor who's giving blatantly bad advice or is being offensive or whatever, do you have a, a means to control that? Absolutely. So uh, I can answer that in a couple ways. First, uh, the, is the easiest the easiest answer to give is that if somebody says anything inappropriate or just, you know, not very nice perhaps, um, you can easily block any user on Live Mocha, and you do that, you will never see that person on Live Mocha again anywhere. Got it. They just won't. They won't appear to you in the community. And in fact, if a specific member of Live Mocha is blocked by many others, um, we automatically remove them from the community entirely. And so it's, it's sort of a self-policing community in that way. If mm-hmm. people who aren't productive or aren't being helpful, they're just sort of removed naturally. Now, with regard to the um, to the specific feedback that you get, yes, some people are more helpful than others. Some people will just say, yeah, good job. Other people will say, you know, that was a good job, but actually we pronounce this word a little bit different. You need to roll your R a little bit more this way. And they'll, they'll go to a sort of greater level of depth, if you will, to instruct you. And what we find is that the people who give that greater level of depth tend to attract a lot of language partners to help them. Right. Because you're you're rewarded by your students, so to speak, who can rate you as being particularly helpful. Okay, so that that was my next question is how how do you sort of rise up or go down in in the ranks of tutoring? So your actual feedback you give to your students will be rated or they'll treat right. you that's as right. a, a teacher. That, that that's right. Your your students will rate the, the helpfulness or not of uh, the, the, the reviews that you give to them. Got it. And so on Live Mocha, we keep track of both the quantity of the help you give others and the quality based on student ratings. And then that shows up in your points? Is that translated to the... Shows up in your points. Okay. Yep, shows up in your points, shows up on your profile. It's visible to the rest of the community. So if, uh, if, you're, tr- if you're choosing somebody on Live Mocha to be your language partner and ask them to review your speaking and writing exercises you're going to choose somebody who's done a lot of work for others and who's particularly helpful. You'll invite them to, to help you, but you'll also be very keen to help them right. because you want them to reciprocate. So what happens is the kind of the cream rises to the top. People who are really engaged in language learning and want to do a good job, they attract the best partners, and those people help each other. And what we're finding over the course of time is that the community, because of those dynamics that are sort of naturally baked into the structure of the interactions on the site, the community just keeps getting better. 
better people, better instruction, more recommendations, the higher quality of experience overall. Right. Yeah, the bigger the pool, the higher the quality gets, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, well, what I did in the last few days, I started uh, studying Arabic on Life Mocha, which I have absolutely no experience with. I wanted to f- yeah. see what it felt like as a you know a new learner. Um, I briefly had used it for Japanese a few years ago, but I've already studied Japanese for many years, so it wasn't a you know authentic experience for me as a, a newbie. Um, mm. And yeah, I did I did enjoy it. The only thing I encountered, which maybe my lack of understanding about how it works yet, um, it didn't seem like there was any place on the site that would teach me how to read Arabic from the very very beginning. You know what mm-hmm. what a specific Arabic letter is, how it's pronounced. Um, I think it sort of assumed that you already knew how to at least read the letters. Is that mm-hmm. something I'm misunderstanding, or is that the case? No, in fact, you you've heard it exactly right. That's a you know that's a gap on Live Mocha that that we are quite um, eager to fill, and we're working very hard right now to fill that. Um, I think that those types of instruction are best provided by the community. You know how to say it in traditional Arabic as opposed to, um, you know, sort of broader regional right. Arabic. They're slightly different pronunciations, slightly awesome. different characters. And so you start to very quickly take on a responsibility for content development that, you know, far exceeds our ability to deliver on it. So I, what we're trying to build, and it's taking some time, admittedly, but uh, what we're trying to build is an infrastructure on Live Mocha that acts as a repository and um, self-rating, if you will, mm-hmm. um, repository for community-generated grammatical tips, grammatical feedback, specific pronunciation guides, even cultural and travel tips. Right. There's a, a framework of community-generated content that we can wrap around our lessons that will make the lessons more effective and it will make them more relevant. I did notice that on the right side of the screen. It had a little section you could thumb up or thumb down a tip for any of the kids. yeah that's a yeah that's a that's a, that's a poor man's manifestation of the type <laughs> of um, features that, yeah. that I'm that I'm talking about now well, yeah it, it's a start and it it was helpful I mean you could see somebody would spend enough time to write something meaningful it would get thumbed up and that would be the first thing that showed up and when you click to view all the tips you know you'd see some in there that were you know not very constructive and then they didn't show up mm-hmm. as, as often so Correct, correct. We can do a much better job with that, and, and we will and, and are doing a much better job with that, but it, it does take some time when a site like ours is growing as fast as we are, and sometimes just keeping the lights on is a challenge, so to speak, so uh, we, we'll get there, but it is taking time. Right, I know how that goes. So down the road, what are some future things that Live Mocha users can look forward to? Features, functions? Yeah, I have, I have uh, a little bit of insight that I can share there. Uh, some of it's super top secret, but the one thing that I would be happy to share is the type of content that we make available on Live Mocha is uh, is going to be changing. The best manifestation of this change is represented by our partnership with Pearson. We collaborated with Pearson to create a new course on Live Mocha that's a premium, paid-only course for people who are learning English. It's called Live Mocha Active English. And the focus of the course 
is entirely around conversational English. Real conversation, real day-to-day dialogue, showing English native speakers conversing with one another with subtitles available for language learners in dozens of languages. Presenting English grammar to a student in their native language in dozens of native languages. Presenting vocabulary in a similar fashion. And then with that familiar live mocha reciprocal learning that's integrated into an even richer course. Um, it, it would deliver a lot of things that Live Mocha's current courses do not, including that video content and more explicit grammar instruction. We're taking that model and now also expanding it in collaboration with HarperCollins to create similar courses for Spanish, French, German, and Italian, and that we may be looking forward to um, some more such courses in the future for a longer list of languages beyond. Yeah, I mean, that, that what we're finding again and again is that what draws people to Live Mocha and what they're enthusiastic about language learning for is to have those conversations with native speakers with confidence. They want to be able to go to the plaza in Madrid and ask for the best place in town to have a cafe, cafe con leche and to be able to understand what they're saying and to say thank you and to greet them, to, you know, greet new people and introduce themselves. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, the types of things that people are aspiring to do, but the traditional tools just don't really get them there. Yep. No, I completely agree. That's what my entire site is about. It's why the traditional method doesn't work and what does work. Um, hmm. Now, you mentioned about adding more explicit grammar explanations in people's native languages. Um, yes. In my experience and research that actually partly contributes to the inefficiency of traditional methods. Focusing too much on information about the language and then not getting enough input in the language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say that occasional glance at a you know, declension table can't be somewhat useful, but um, especially for beginners, I find that the reason they never get excited about the language, and the reason they never get enough practice listening and therefore cannot speak the language is because they spend too much time, whether it's in a book or on a website, not listening enough to the actual native language and spending too much time thinking. Um, yeah. How do you think Live Mocha can sort of overcome that handicap? Well, I think the one thing that's often lacking from those same traditional methods is, just as you mentioned, the ability or the opportunity to put the language into practice and to actually have those conversations. The best way to learn how to have a conversation is to try having the conversation. You know, the, the sequence of our lessons, the sequence of our exercises for these new courses, while they will indeed teach you more about the language you're learning in your native language, they culminate in asking you to put the language into practice in real interaction with native speakers. So the introduction of, say, grammar and vocabulary is a means to an end, not the end itself. My basic contention is that if you learn a language, what I consider the correct way, and there's many minor variations that differ person to person, but basically if you're learning a language through input, through topics you're interested in, 
through just lots and lots and lots of listening and reading input, um, you'll eventually get it. You don't need to be too academic about it. And I think, as I said earlier, I think being overly conscious, consciously looking at how things work, I think is what slows people down. And I think it's what makes people believe Chinese or Japanese are difficult languages. They are difficult if you go about them academically because they're so mm -hmm. different from English. Um, but in, in their essence, you know, all languages have evolved the same way. They all use the same part of our brains. They all, you know, rely on the same basic structures deep down. Uh, that's really interesting. I mean, to me, it touches on, you know, you know, one of my sort of dissertation topics. They're sort of somewhat connected in that, that uh, you know, traditionally, just because of you know, technology limitations, you, you were really constrained in being able to teach a lot of people a new language just because, you know, it was it was a one-to-many type of thing. You had a teacher, and they're the one that had the knowledge, and they're the, the sort of gating factor for disseminating that knowledge. Yeah, it was and, broadcast only. You know, now, now we have yeah. unicast education. So You got it. You got it. Which is cool. No, there's no excuse now. I mean, with so many wonderful products available online, many of which have a freemium model, like Blev Mocha, you know, you can try it out. You can do it's up to 202, I guess, is free. That's right. So mm -hmm. there's no excuse. I mean, you can get on there. You can try it out. Podcasts like this one. I mean, a lot of my listeners and readers are actually EFL students, so they're using what we're talking about right now to learn English to improve their English. And then what I do is I provide a transcript of each podcast so they can actually listen and then read and listen and read each episode. So anyway, there's a plethora of opportunities now. There's no excuse. Now, you mentioned you have 30-plus languages on the site? That's right, over 30 languages. Occasionally we add, add new ones or, or take some other stuff or, um, you know, to, to further uh, improve or adjust the content. But right now we have 35 languages. What are the uh, top 10 most popular on the site? Top 10, let's see. Uh, I can give it to you in rough order. That's fine. Uh, number one most popular is clearly English, mm -hmm. followed by um, an almost tie for Spanish and French, followed by an almost tie for German and Italian, followed then by an almost tie for uh, Japanese and Mandarin. Interesting. And then very, very right after that, it, it sort of quickly disperses into a very long tail of languages, all the way from you know Swedish to Czech to Hindi to Urdu to right. you know, Croatian and so on. Yeah, it's interesting. If you look at a list of the most commonly spoken languages in the world by native speakers versus the most commonly studied foreign languages, it's amazing the difference there. I mean, well, the fastest riser, the, the fastest riser on Live Mocha easily is Arabic. I expect that Arabic will be among the top five languages that people want to learn by, by this time next year. Yeah, I, that's one I would point out that you know, in the recent past, it was not even in many university programs, and now it's something a lot of people are going after. But, mm. you know, if you pool all the Arabic dialects together, it's, I think, number three or number four in terms of... Yeah, it, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's, it's all about, you know, English, Mandarin, Spanish, and Arabic. Right. And I was Everything else is sort of a curiosity. In fact, uh, that long tail of languages that are available on Live Mocha are... 
there largely because our community has taken it upon themselves to translate our sequence of words and phrases that comprise our lessons into their native language. Ah, okay. So the reason why we have Croatian 102 is because we have enough Croatian native speakers on Mocha who would like to see us offer that to those who want to learn Croatian. Mm. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way you're going to do it. There's no mm. way you'll ever get all the languages unless there is some kind of open source, crowdsourced, you know, Wikipedia-esque way of doing it. Um, yeah, you, you want to hear the, real, the really cool thing is that because our lessons are a sequence of words and phrases and that sequence is fixed, we can show you translations in any one of those language pairs. So if you're a Spanish speaker who wants to learn Russian, we can show you the pairing there. If you're a Russian speaker who wants to learn Hindi, we can show that pairing. Hindi speaker wanting to learn Swedish, Swedish speakers wanting to learn Croatian. So you start to get into that long tail and you exponentially increase the number of relevant students and teachers that you can attract to the community. Right. Or in my experience, because I studied Japanese first, when I start studying Mandarin, a lot of times it's actually preferential for me to use a Mandarin book or material meant for a Japanese person because... Hmm. You know, 80% of the vocabulary came from Chinese. Same for Korean, if you're going to learn Korean. Um, ah, yeah. So that actually is helpful in a lot of ways. I can see that sort of the derivations. Oh, okay, that character came from that character. Okay, I got it. So it's actually... I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the exact same thing myself and learning Italian. I, I, I'm, I'm, da I'm dangerous in Spanish, and it's much easier for me to sort of absorb Italian with Spanish as my sort of orientation point. Yep. A thank you to you for your time and for making a good product. I look forward to the, uh, um, what was the new thing coming down the pipe? You said it's... Uh, uh, yes, our active courses, active Live Mocha, active, right. active German, active Spanish, active French, active Italian. And active Chinese. I'll, I'm waiting. I'll be, it, that, that one will be on the top of the list, yes. I'll be first in line. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. Hopefully by the time it comes out, I'll be a tutor instead of just a student. We'll see. We're ready for you. All right. Actually, that's one more question. Um, is there any limitations on who can tutor? Do I have to be a native speaker, or can I just be proficient in the language? No, it's all self-selected, provided that you indicate on your profile that you are indeed a fluent or native speaker of a language. We'll let you try your hand at correcting others, but uh, as I mentioned, if you're not proving to be too helpful, the community will, will quickly let us know, and you may not be on live mocha much longer. Right. We'll identify, identify it as someone who's very helpful, but you're free to try it. Got it. All right. Well, Clint, thank you so much for your time. You bet. Thank you, John. For a transcript of this show and more tips, tools, and tech for learning any language effectively, go to languagemastery.com. <laughs>